cliffcentral.com. Jordan Hill Lewis is the mayor of Cape Town, and um, just a couple of hours ago, day ago or so, uh, he said to the residents of Cape Town that uh, he's going to take in hand the ongoing acts of violence and intimidation perpetrated by taxi associations and um, put out a, a, a notice to everybody and has been in the news since then trying to deal with this problem. I welcome him to the show now. Jordan Hill Lewis, Mayor of Cape Town, how are you, sir? Gareth, uh, I've, I want to be honest with you. It's been a, a stressful a week, but mm. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, what is the state of play at the moment? Um, Santaco obviously have, um, have reneged on what you thought was a deal, and it mm. seems to me that the people of Cape Town are, are getting a little bit more concerned than they were two days ago and, and before the weekend. Uh, it was a public holiday today, so uh, any, any changes in that today? Right now, as as we are speaking, uh, Santaco is is locked in an internal engagement. They have been for several hours. Uh, we are not part of that meeting, and so we have no idea what their final decision is going to be. I think there is a reasonable risk that the strike will continue since they have not uh, extracted any concession uh, whatsoever, and uh, and it has still only been about we're now approaching about thirty six hours without any incident on the roads. So uh, we will wait to hear, probably much later tonight, uh, just to remind viewers that the, the, the strike was supposed to end tonight and back to normal uh, resumption of taxi service tomorrow. I think there is a reasonable risk, unfortunately, that it may continue uh, for, for a few days still. Well, I'm relieved to hear that there haven't been any incidents for some hours, but um, what, is the, what is the tally so far of the damage caused and, the, and the, uh, the chaos that's been created by the strike since it began? 25 uh, burnt-out vehicles, uh, one reasonably badly damaged, I would say moderately damaged community clinic in Kailicha. Uh, we have had number of cars thrown with stones and unfortunately people injured in those stoning attacks. We have sadly had five people dying, including, uh, which has just been announced, a, a British doctor who was a tourist trying to get to the airport and, and sadly took a wrong turn uh, after Google uh, directed him away from the N2 because the N2 was blockaded. Oh, man. Uh, and very, very sadly, and I, 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 you know, I, f I feel this one very personally. One of our city of Cape Town law enforcement officers, Officer Zanikayo Quinana, father of four, 32 years old, uh, was murdered this weekend by taxi rogues. That does not count the cost. It doesn't begin to count the costs uh, for businesses and for interrupted uh, lives uh, and difficulties. So the cost, Gareth, has been tremendous. I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, obviously, for, for ordinary people in Cape Town who are not necessarily in the thick of things here, people are just trying to get to work. People are trying to get supplies into their stores. People who are trying to just live their lives. Uh, this has been uh, very annoying to, to perhaps a little bit more than that. But clearly, I mean, I, I, I can only say our sympathies go out to those who've, who've had far more uh, devastating consequences. So what is, the, what is the situation here? I mean, are... Are we being held hostage, and by we, I mean the people of South Africa, by the, the taxi bosses and the taxi associations? How much power do they have? How difficult is it to 
sit down in good faith with these people and negotiate things? It's extremely difficult to sit down in, in good faith uh, and negotiate trying to come up with a solution when you know that you, you really do feel, and this is why I use the word literal, not because anyone has held me up with a gun, uh, mm. but you really do feel as though you have a gun to your head because if you don't agree uh, or if you say no, that there's going to be another explosion uh, of, of, uh, of rogue violence outside uh, in the streets. And uh, so it has been extremely tough to, to have any kind of good faith negotiation. And that's why we've drawn the line that we have drawn uh, in, those, in those circumstances. And, and the, the problem is it is a very powerful industry. They have a huge amount of influence, not just because of the, uh, their, their threats, implicit threats of violence, but because of the number of people that they move around. And I'm glad that you asked that question because their power would be diminished in South Africa if we had a functioning rail system. And I have not yet made this point publicly, but perhaps now is exactly the right time to do it. We would not have been in such a serious position if uh, the calls that I have made for the last two years, which have fallen on deaf ears, to, to take over the metro rail system in Cape Town ourselves had been mm. heeded. If we had a functioning train system in South Africa, the power of the, the stranglehold that the taxi industry has over the economy would be diminished and that would help in situations exactly like this. So, Mayor, what, what do they want? I mean, what are they telling you that they want? And, and what do you suspect they really want? And I'm, I'm only asking th that question in, in a sort of <laughs> fork-tongued manner because sometimes people say that they want a certain thing, but they're actually asking for something else. And, and you did say it's hard to talk in good faith with these guys. So let me hear. They, they have a complaint about the length of time that it takes to get new operating licenses and new routes approved. Uh, that's, that is a serious complaint. But really what it boils down to is the issue of impoundments. Uh, we have started in, I would say, the last year to much more energetically and vigorously enforce the law uh, that empowers us to impound vehicles for bad, bad road behavior, unsafe, reckless driving, uh, unroadworthy vehicles, and so on. So it is absolutely true that we are impounding more vigorously than, than we did previously. Uh, because we find that it is the only effective mechanism that we have, traffic fines are simply not effective as a mechanism to change driver behavior. And this is what this is all about. It's about changing driver and owner behavior to make it more safe. Uh, and and we find that when you when you with fifty thousand uh, fines a month, very few of them get paid. You then have to wait for uh, that person to get an arrest warrant and hope that you find them at a at a traffic stop or a, a vehicle checkpoint. With the impoundment, if you see them driving on the wrong side of the road or driving uh, on the pedestrian sidewalk, uh, jumping a red light or whatever, there can be immediate consequences that makes that driver permanently reconsider whether that kind of behavior is wise and it makes the owner of that taxi as well responsible for the for the conduct of his employee uh, so that is really a very powerful mechanism and that's why we do it and they want it to stop now it's very important to stress we are not unique this is a national piece of legislation that we that we are empowered to impound under the difference yes. is that we have, we, we have turned up the volume that is definitely uh, that is definitely true We've turned up the volume. 
but it is not as though we are doing something that is not available to be done elsewhere. Uh, we are just using the power that the legislation gives us. So w- what is the story about how you impounded a bunch of taxis because they had broken the rules and they'd blocked roads and done everything else during the course of the strike, which you're entitled to do as the city? And yeah. and this Minister of Transport of ours, uh, Sindisiwe Chikunga, has apparently said, no, no, they must be released and um, you, you're, you're outside of the scope of your, your, your authority here. No, I'm afraid the... The minister is not strangely familiar with the legislation. We are entirely within our rights to impound a vehicle that is blockading a a national highway. And she has no legal authority whatsoever to instruct us to release that vehicle. In fact, we do not even have the authority to instruct that vehicle to be released because once it's booked into the pound and an offense notice has been issued, just like you and I, uh, Gareth, when we get a speeding fine, you have to make representations to the traffic court. It's not in the no. whim of some politician to to. It should never be in the uh, at the whim of some politician to remove that uh, that notice of offence. So, in fact, even when we book that vehicle into the pound, it then is handed over to the jurisdiction of the traffic court. And here's a critical point that I made to the minister: if the person challenges the validity of the of the impoundment, they are welcome to challenge it in court. There is legal recourse. They have never once done that. That is a critical point to make. They have never once used their legal recourse to challenge the validity of the impoundment. And I think that is telling. So how much power do the taxi associations and the taxi owners, because we know a lot of them are politically connected, how much power do they have in terms of lobbying? I mean, if they can get this minister involved in something which really shouldn't be her department at all, how how many friends do they have in high places? Yes, that's a great point. I, I, I think probably the most disconcerting thing this week is how National ministers who are elected to protect the public at large and protect commuters at large have just so quickly fallen in with the arguments of the taxi industry. Uh, similarly, for the to perhaps a lesser degree, but but still the the police minister as well. Similarly, with with some figures in the media who have just fallen in with the arguments of the taxi industry and tried to find a way. Actually, this has happened many many uh, interviews that I've done. Try to find a way to blame the city for mm. violence, blame the city for the burning of of a community clinic in Site C, one of our own clinics in in Site C in Kailicha. This, you know, it, it's just uh, frankly uh, farcical. Well, I mean, the media are always looking for a reason, reason to blame the, the city of Cape Town or the Western Cape in general um, and, and hold you to a higher standard than anyone else. Um, we've had similar strikes in Pretoria where another DA mayor is doing his best to try and bring things under control. Uh, why is all of this happening now? I mean, we know that the country is very fractious at the moment. There's quite a lot of, of, of economic pressure on people. Uh, we know that, um, you know, there's some people in this country who just assume that an automatic increase uh, is on the cards in certain government departments, for example. But why is it all happening now? I think it, is, it does definitely relate to how we have turned up the volume on uh, impoundments or turned up the heat, I suppose, is the, is the right metaphor on, on impoundments. Mm. Uh, that is a relatively recent, probably about a year old. Uh, and we, the, the industry immediately raised concerns with us and objections with us. We set up a, uh, a kind of forum, a, a discussion forum called the Taxi Team to, to discuss those concerns. And that is what they withdrew from last week, Wednesday, I think it was, or Tuesday, uh, you, you know, and then, and then decided on the strike. Uh, so 
so I think that's the main reason for the timing. But mm. uh, but they they gave us no forewarning of the of the strike. As you know, it happened in the middle of the day, which I think was a terrible terrible disservice to. It's, a, it's an illegal strike, and and you you've uh, you've decided to take quite a hard line, and you're going to hold that hard line. Is that right? Undoubtedly, it's. Uh, I think yeah. that it's not just about Cape Town as well, Gareth. The, the, if we send the message to people in the, in South Africa that you can get concessions from government by uh, by violence, then we are, you know down that path leads only lies only destruction. We have to send the message that uh, you will never get any concession so long as you engage in violence. All right, so you still have the worst mayoral job in the country because you've got lots and lots of people pouring into Cape Town the whole time. How is uh, semi-migration affecting you on, on, a, on a much more general level? And, and are you guys equipped infrastructurally and do you have budget to build more infrastructure to accommodate all these people who want to come to your land of milk and honey as opposed to places like the Eastern Cape, which are, in Donald Trump's words, shitholes? <laughs> Uh, no, we we are under pressure. Uh, immigration is putting massive pressure on our infrastructure. You'll see that a central plank of my mayoralty thus far has been to hugely accelerate infrastructure investment in the city uh, by many multiples, not just by percentage increases, but by multiples. Uh, this year, we've just finished the the highest expenditure ever recorded by the city on infrastructure. This coming year, the, the financial year we've just started, we will nearly double that. We will double the record. Uh, so we are going big on infrastructure, and it is precisely to prepare the city for the tremendous pressure we have already faced over the last decade, uh, and that which is, I think, is only accelerating day by day. And what's happening with property prices in Cape Town as a result of this? I've just got some data. I can't uh, share my screen now, but uh, pro property prices are completely bifurcating from the rest of the country. Uh, really? They are diverging. They are diverging really markedly. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so people are, and it's an important point to make that people are overall getting uh, wealthier because of a good government in the Western Cape. And of course, people don't necessarily feel wealthier just because their house value is increasing. But for most families, that is their single most valuable asset, perhaps right. uh, perhaps alongside their, their pension funds. So when, that, when the price of that asset goes up, it does absolutely affect their overall uh, well-being. So th that's nice to see. Uh, and, of course, it, it comes with trouble as well. It means it's very difficult for young people to get onto the property ladder in Cape Town. It's becoming a very expensive place to live. So you've got to keep up with the pressure as well of, of trying to make it easier to build more uh, more homes to bring the prices down. And are there any other unforeseen consequences of the strike that have caught even you by surprise? You've got a good team of people there who are hopefully hard at work trying to stem any kind of uh, problems that, that occur. But are there things that have happened that you didn't expect? And are there lessons learned so far in the strike that you will be sure not to have repeated? That's a great question. I, it's been so hectic, I haven't yet had time to properly reflect on lessons. But one that has crossed my mind, and, and uh, this, this might be surprising since I've taken such a strong line the last few days, but I wonder whether it would not have been wiser to take an extremely tough line from the first moment of the strike uh, mm. and, and not even engage in those discussions that we had on Friday afternoon, which they reneged on. Because I get the sense that once you are once you are kind of locked into a pattern of of negotiation, 
uh, you're expected to make concessions and compromises. And when, in fact, or if, in fact, we had drawn a, a very solid line right at word go and said there will be no concession or compromise so long as the strike persists, uh, never mind the violence, perhaps we would be even in a slightly stronger position than we are now. I feel we're in a, a reasonably strong position, but I'll reflect on that lesson and, and hopefully apply it for the next time. Uh, and just one last thing, the political consequences of something like this uh, can be unforeseen for a while. But obviously, other political parties would have taken their opportunity to have a, a swipe at you for being authoritarian and coming down hard on the taxis. And, you know, a lot of these these people in the, in, in the ANC certainly have uh, friends and family who own a lot of taxis and are very much enmeshed there. I think it is the public of South Africa who paid for all those those new taxis, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. Exactly. Through the recap. We all, we all technically should own a piece of it, but it's just something that was taken out of the treasury and given to a bunch of people who, who run taxis. Oh, we've had so much jumping on the bandwagon or jumping on the taxi, so to speak, from political parties. But that's that's completely to be expected. And I assure you, does not cause me a mm -hmm. moment's discomfort. Uh, what really causes me discomfort is when I see uh, the, the real uh, strife that, that residents and commuters are going through. Yesterday, I went and joined a a bus that uh, is being escorted. We are busy escorting hundreds of buses around the city so that people can still move safely. And wow. I met a, a, a little old lady traveling from Mitchell's Plain to Easter River on the bus with me who hasn't seen her husband because they were, her husband was visiting her son and they were separated. And they haven't seen each other for three days because uh, there was no public transport. So that's the kind of thing that I, that I really keep front of mind. I really couldn't care less what... Uh, what other political parties are saying. I have to try and always focus on what, what I think is right uh, and what, what the principles at stake are, and then uh, you know, try to plan to help people uh, deal with the consequences of this violence and the strike. All right. Well, all I can say is uh, power to you. I hope you get this sorted out for the people of Cape Town. Um, it certainly appears to me that um, you, you've got a lot of public opinion on your side. And uh, I'm, I'm fairly sure that things will be resolved sooner rather than later. Uh, I hope you share that sentiment. <laughs> I do. No, I do think so. I'm hoping tonight still. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. secretly hoping we get it done tonight. Holding thumbs, holding thumbs. All right, Jordan, thank you so much for your time. I know you've been very busy. Thanks for talking to us. Great pleasure. Nice to be with you again.